and welcome to another episode of Smegheads, the Red Dwarf podcast. My name is Jed Shepherd, and I'm Daniela Phillips. Yeah, thanks very much for tuning back in to Smegheads podcast. There's loads of you that have uh, subscribed now. Thanks very much. We really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thanks for all your nice comments, especially yeah. uh, Tasmanian Devil Five who likes our <laughs> accents. Yeah, because like we were thinking, why is no one in the UK? Well, why is no one commenting on our iTunes? We say it in every episode, but then if you go onto American iTunes, we've got like loads of comments. Yeah, you so, Americans are good with the comments. Americans like my accent. It's yeah. it's one of those things. I remember um, my I've got cousins in America. And they used to get me to call up their friends and just speak to them, just like nonsense. Yeah, and Americans can't tell that my accent is really Essex and common. It's, it's not. I think you're really paranoid about your I accent. I am really paranoid. If you like Daniela's accent, please let us know. <laughs> it, will, it will put her well, at ease. Well, my paranoia feeds nicely in today's episode. Into this one, and I'm confident. Yeah, um, so yeah we, we just had a uh, little warm-up, actually. Yeah, we've got this new uh, thing that we do. We're, we're going to start from now on. Uh, we do a, a karaoke battle uh, before each podcast now, we've decided. And uh, we, we just did um, a song from Chess, the musical. Yeah, I know him so well. Yeah. But in the end, he needs a little bit more than me. More security. Okay, that's enough Tune. of that. <laughs> Maybe we'll uh, play it uh, at some point. Exactly. Elaine Page, R.I.P. She's still alive, isn't she? She's still alive, Jane. Oh, that's yeah. uh, a bit premature. She, she's, she's dead to me, though. So this is Confidence and Paranoia, the fifth episode of the first season of Red Dwarf. And it's a pretty good one. I'm giving yeah. you the heads up now. Yeah. We, both, we both really enjoyed this one. So let's get cracking straight into the episode. Um, we start off with um, the now usual thing of Holly giving us um, a little introduction. Um, and he says that uh, in his introduction, the highest form of life is man, lowest the man he works for the post office, which is pretty harsh. It's pretty true as well. See, I'm in the post office quite a lot because of my record label. I'm always sending things off. Um, and they just think I'm mental because they say to me, well, what's in what's in your parcel? And I say, cassettes. And they just think I'm, I've got a bomb or something because he sends cassettes. That's probably a fair reflection. Yeah. yeah. Um, you are pretty mental. But it's like I'm sending hundreds and hundreds of things at once. And it's, it's yeah. I don't think people think I, I'm, I'm sending bombs in, in general anyway, really. But yeah, I think it's pretty just harsh. Just like to clarify that Jed isn't. I'm not sending no, any bombs. No. no. But when I was um, in my teen years, I, I genuinely thought I could make a bomb if I wanted to. I think I watched like, loads of Terminator 2 or something and I thought I would need it for the uh, for when the robots take over. Okay. <laughs> Daniel's getting really worried, locked Edging in a room with me. towards the door. Um, so uh, we start with Lister in the drive room watching a romantic movie. With a beer milkshake. With a beer milkshake. Um, I've had a lot of milk-based drinks today. Um so I can. We just had loads of Baileys. Actually, Daniel is still drinking her yeah, Baileys. Yeah, because uh, Jed gave me a pint of Baileys. I think Baileys is. A, I mean, some people think it's only a seasonal drink, but I think Baileys is a drink you can have all year round. I tend to only have it Christmas, but I'm. Um, Baileys I'm is great. My, uh, please send us some Baileys. At Baileys, please <laughs> send us some Baileys. I once did that to. Honestly, I was talking about Sellotape on Twitter, and because I've got quite a lot of followers, I just at Sellotaping, and they sent me a massive box full of Sellotape, all different kinds. Brilliant. So if you ever need any sellotape, just, just hit me up on Twitter, at Jed Shepherd. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so let's just watch this romantic movie. And I don't know if you noticed, Daniela, but this romantic movie is, is, is essentially a Windows 95 screensaver. <laughs> it's just, it's just uh, still images that, that kind of like, yeah, still images of, of, of a tropical scene with no actors. It's, it's 
it's a typical Hallmark movie, really. Yeah, it's quite bizarre, and it kind of mirrors another episode um, in season five called called Hollow Ship, where there's a, a similar kind of thing that happens. Okay. Um, so you have that to look forward to. Because the good thing about the dynamic um, of um, myself and Daniela is I've pretty much seen every single episode of Red Dwarf a million times and Daniela has seen them but she's forgotten a lot of them I've forgotten a lot it's been a long time yeah. since I've seen it so seeing every episode is like watching it for the first time so it, so um, it's, it's great um, so yeah so Lister's he's three million years into deep space and he's watching romantic movies um, I can't I can't bear to watch a Meg Ryan movie um, really? now when I'm on Earth what, what, what do you dislike about Meg Ryan? so she made When Harry when Harry Met Sally, which yes. was an amazing film, okay. granted, um, okay. amazing. But then she, she proceeded to make the same movie for the next 20 years. And her face is getting more and more plasticine. Wasn't she in some erotic thriller to try and just, like, shake off was this? She? I think so, Well, a lot, yes. of, a lot of actors kind of do that when their career's on the, on the, on the slide a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, she, yeah, she kind of looks like she's been punched in the face a few times. Oh, slightly off. No, it's true. Her face is a mess. Oh. Like Crichton's face. She's got Crichton's face. Oh, she can play She can play Crichton in, in the next film. Um, so Rimmer interrupts him by saying that he's, um, what's he doing? He's wasting time. Rimmer's achieved 17 things off his daily goal list. Um, and Lister hasn't achieved anything. Um, but Lister says, yes, he has. He's been up to the, to the officer's quarters and he's been looking at Kachansky's dream recorder. Um... Which is kind of cool. And as Red Dwarf fans out there know, that comes back into play in season two. Oh, does it? Yes, it does. The dream recorder. If someone, if I went right now to the dream recorder that's in that's down the road, what would I see in, in your most recent dreams, Daniela? Oh, my goodness. My most recent dreams? Yeah. Oh, I had a really weird dream the other, other night that, um, I think it was Monday night, actually. Okay. That um, I was marrying a, a woman... Wow! But I was a man. Exclusive. Okay. I was a man marrying a woman. Is this still your dream, or is this this this, this is my dream? Right, okay. And I I kept but I I kept saying I can't get married. I can't get married. You can't get married. What about your boyfriend? I, I, exactly. I was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm not a man. I'm not a man. But no one would believe me because I was no, a man. You know, in you know that you're allowed to get married to the same I know, sex now. I know, but. Even in, I don't know if this has gone to dreams yet. I don't know. I don't know if that's part of dreams. I was just adamant that I, I couldn't marry this woman because, one, I didn't know who she was. Wait, what does she look like? Try and let me know what she looks like and I'll tell you if it. Um, I think she was pale with. Pale? Red hair. I'm interested. With red hair? Yeah. Was she a famous person or was I she just a random. I don't think so. I don't think so. Wow. Yeah. Okay, what do you think that means? I have no idea. No, I have my suspicions, but I'll, I'll leave that for off podcast. Oh, okay, <laughs> slightly worried. <now. laughs> so, what about you, Jed? What's your most recent recent dream? dreams? As you can imagine, I, I my dreams are, are pretty special. Do but, they involve robots? No, I had a dream about a dragon, though. If you want to get a little bit kind of genre, um, and it was a dream where there was like a tennis tournament, like I think it was like Roland Gar- Garros or something like that. It wasn't in the UK, um, but the, and the tennis. I was watching it on TV, but it was called off because there was a dragon. And I was like, wow, dragons are real. So I went out into the street and I saw the, a dragon coming in the distance. And then, you know how in your dreams, you, it, basically the dreams all centered around you. I was like, oh no, this, this dragon's going to come after me. So I went into like this shop that was selling autographs. It's such a 
bizarre thing and the dragon kind of burst into the autograph shop and tried to try to get me it saw me from miles away and it knew because i was the controller of the dream that it had to get me weird very strange yeah so that's dream recorders in a nutshell <laughs> for you um so he confirms that kachansky's dreamt about him three times mm. and he says to rimmer someone who dreams about someone that many times he, he, she must have a thing for him and Rimmer suggests he's had dreams about baboons. It doesn't mean he's in love with I baboons. Think that's, that's true. I think I'm, I'm with Rimmer on this. Yeah. I, I don't, don't think it means anything. It depends what you do in the dream, I guess. I don't know. I think if you, whenever you see someone during the day or you have a conversation with them, they're, they're subconsciously there. And they I do not want to know how dream. many dreams you've had about me then, Daniela. <laughs> <laughs> a zero. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I don't really have dreams about people now. I have. It's always about people in the past. Uh, for me, sometimes it's. I think this is becoming the dream podcast. <laughs> yeah, but that's the next. Podcast. <laughs> the next one we're doing. But for me, it's definitely people that I've spoken to or thought about during the day. Well, I guess if if you were on Red Dwarf, you're three million years into deep space, and you haven't really seen another person. Rumors a hologram, and cats a cat. You you would you would tend to kind of dream about your past lives and stuff, wouldn't you? I don't know. Um, but yeah, it, um, the dream records come back later on, um, season two, and it's one of the best episodes of Red Dwarf in general when that dream recorder comes back. Oh, really? It, you will absolutely love it. Oh, can't wait. It, because it's the best dream ever. Okay. It's a musical dream, too. Um, so, um, yeah, um, Rimmer then talks about um, the fact that he has, he kind of understands where Lister's coming from because Rimmer has been in love before and he mentions Yvonne Magruder. Uh, is this the first mention of Yvonne Magruder? Yes, it is. Good. Um, and Yvonne Magruder, she, she makes appearances in, in, in some episodes of, of Red Dwarf, but um, he uses Yvonne Magruder as proof that he knows about love because they've had one date. Um, and this suggests... Um, well, she slept with Rimmer on, on the first date. Mm. Um, and this suggests it's because she was unconscious. <laughs> so not not the greatest first date no, in the world. No, probably not. And slightly rapey. It, yeah, but I guess this was 1988 when this came out. So that was, I think that was normal then. <laughs> I think <laughs> if so. If you look into the lives of most uh, TV personalities around <laughs> that, that time. time yeah, yeah, that I was think. normal. Um, <laughs> poor Cosby. Um have you had any bad dates? Well, well, I didn't know where you were going with that. <laughs> Have you met Bill Cosby? Uh, no, I have, have not, that I'm not, not that I can remember. The thing is, it's such a shame. <laughs> like, now I know we're going out to loads of people, I have to choose my words, but I actually love, loved Bill Cosby. Like, beyond, he was, to me, Bill Cosby he is... He loved Ghost Dad, I remember. I love Ghost Dad, yeah. it's one of my favourite films, and he is, well, he was one of the funniest guys like of all time and i mean if you separate his comedy from the actual person he, he still is i still listen on spotify his stand-up comedy from like the 60s and 70s is the best you're gonna get but obviously now he's a stupid rapist so um yeah. quite, not allowed to say how good he is anymore no, I think. not <laughs> it's, so, it's so funny because like on my um on my ebay i have bill cosby saved as a, as a as a search so every time a bill cosby thing comes up on 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 ebay i get an email about it and obviously since this all came out a lot of people are selling their bill cosby DNA merchandise samples? So some guy was selling a, a bill cosby ghost dad sweatshirt and i, I was like I, I want this but i can never wear it you could wear it around the office just not outside in public i don't yeah we'll, we'll see but then i'm just wearing a rapist so i don't want to be wearing it's, it's a little bit weird um 
So have you had any bad dates? I've had plenty of Just, bad just give dates. me one example of your okay. worst date. Um, okay, one particularly bad date was um, a time I met up with a guy and we were uh, going to the cinema. Was this the first date or just... First, first date. Wow, okay. And he suggested dinner first. So I said, okay. okay so nice bought, guy, bought, bought the tickets to the cinema and yeah. sat down for the meal and proceeded to sort of whack me with his hand every time he wanted to say something oh, and he no, was like I, just hilarious and would whack me with his hand and he was so so annoying and i knew that i'd have to go to the cinema with him even though i wanted to bail after dinner so we went to the cinema and we sat down we got ice cream and after a few minutes he again whacked so you'd me already decided that you wanted to bail yes. asap yes. right Be- before the cinema oh yes but, okay. but we'd bought the tickets so i was committed right so he we started having the ice cream and uh, and a few minutes later he whacked me on the arm again and said I'm going to have to go to the bathroom because I've got ice cream all around my mouth and then he left and I was like he said that yeah he he said that and I thought oh my goodness I'm I'm going on a date with a four year old toddler <laughs> as a child and then he came back and uh, we watched a film and then I went what film was it? Uh, what was the oh Valkyrie Valkyrie with Tom Cruise okay yeah, yeah. and so we watched the film and then I was like Right, uh, thanks for a nice evening. Bye. You've never seen him again? No, no. See, that's really tame compared to like my bad d- well, date story. You said one date story, and bearing in mind that my parents listened to this, oh, okay. that, was, that was the most <laughs> appropriate one to tell. Do you want to hear a bad date story now, or shall I say it's later? No, tell me now. Okay, I went on this date with this, it's actually the second date, so it's not the first date, with this girl, and it was going really, really well. And I'd, know, I'd known her for quite a long time before we, we started dating. She used to, used to go out with one of my best mates, so it's, it was a little bit weird anyway. Mm but um uh, we were going back to my house and i live quite far away at that point and um we were on a night bus i think that's how classy we were on a night bus <laughs> that, that's, that's <laughs> automatically my worst day yeah. if it involves a night bus i don't know why we were on a night bus um and uh she was basically she was saying oh i, I need to get i need really need to go to the toilet um can can we get off here and i was like oh we're only like 10 minutes away can we not just uh just stay on just just hold it in <laughs> and she's like i really need to go jed and i was like but it's like two in the morning nothing's going to be open and she was like no no it's like a pub will be open or something I was like, okay so we got off this bus it was streets were empty looked around for about 10 minutes for a pub or somewhere where to have a toilet there wasn't any so i was just like just just go down a side street it'll be fine so we went down the side street, um, and she uh, I was like, there's nowhere to go. Look, there's a car park there. Go into the car park. And she she was getting angry at me for some reason for, for suggesting the car park. So she, she goes into the car park, and she says, and she said, I'll only be a, a, like a couple of minutes. Like, just, just guard the, the car park entrance, and no one comes in. I was like, okay, that's a bit weird, but okay. So I was there for a couple of minutes and couldn't hear anything. She, she hadn't come out. And I was like, oh, well, I hope she's okay. Wait a couple more minutes. And she, she didn't come out. So I shouted, her name was Lee Panther, by the way. Lee Panther, what a name. So I, sh- I shouted to her, I was like, Lee, are you okay? Because it was pitch black, I couldn't see anything. There was no answer. And I was like, Lee, are you okay? No answer. So I started walking into the car park and I heard a scream. And she was like, go away, go away now, leave. And I was like, um, are you okay? And she was like, no, go away now. And I was, I was thinking the worst. I don't know what I was thinking. So I went to the, to, the, to the front of the car park again, and I texted her. And I actually tried to call her first. She wouldn't answer. So I texted her, are you okay? And she was like, and she texted me, get a taxi now and have it meet us outside uh, oh in, in five minutes. And I was like, right, okay, I'll do that. So a taxi turned up, and we waited for a couple of minutes, and she hadn't still come out. 
la chatte with Leah, are you coming? She's like, yeah. She was like, get into the taxi and go right to the edge of the taxi and don't look at me. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so, I get, so I get in the taxi. I go right up to the edge, to, the, to like the other side of the door. She gets in looking fuming at me. And I, and I was like, are you okay? And she's like, yes. And like, so the taxi was going, going back to my house. And I was like, what, what's, what's wrong? And she went, oh, I, I bloody pissed myself, didn't I? <laughs> and she... She basically she couldn't get her jeans down in time, so oh my so she just she just pissed herself and her jeans were soaked soaked with urine, <laughs> and she was just so embarrassed, didn't know what to do. So she was just, she was just sitting crouching down with her jeans around her ankles in silence for like about half an hour, and <laughs> yeah, you're looking like really like Did sad you about see her. this girl again. I went out with her for like two years. Okay. Yeah, but like I, I made sure I told that story to everyone just to make sure they knew. Well, I'm, I'm sure she's really pleased that you've you've told all the listeners today. Oh, she was a nightmare. Um, you can ask my friend too, who um, went out with her as well. Um, so back onto Red. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> back onto Red Dwarf. Um, so yeah, Yvonne Magruder. She comes back again in in the next series as well. Yvonne Magruder. Um, and Lister says, because Rimmer isn't so keen on love, he, he thinks love is just something um, to get money out of people. He's a member of the Love Celibacy Society. <laughs> he is, yeah. And, and Lister says to him, love is what separates us from the animals. Um, and Rimmer replies, um, licking your own genitals is what sep- separates us from the uh, animal kingdom. But I reckon some people do that anyway. I think so. The internet's out there. Anything's on the internet. Oh, safe search on. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you have your safe search on? Of course. <laughs> um, so Lister, then it cuts to Lister waking up Rimmer in the middle of the night because uh, Lister is sick. He's beca- poorly. He's sick. You know, because going to the... Um, to the quarters of the officers, um, it wasn't properly irradiated. Uh, Decontaminated? Decontaminated, because it's still radiation from the accident. Um, and Lister believed that Rimmer had decontaminated it, but Rimmer, it was on Rimmer's to-do list, his yes. massive long to-do list. So potentially Lister is infected with radiation, mm. which isn't great. I, I've been to Chernobyl um, a couple you? of times. You know this, right? No, I don't think oh, I do. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I went to, which is the most irradiated p- place in, in the world. Well, you, c- you can't live there anymore, can you? Well, this thing, because I... I was. I got a friend in in Ukraine in in Kiev. So I was just like, I'm going to go see my friend in Kiev and go to Chernobyl. I wonder if you can just walk in. So um, yeah, I went there and I. Yeah, you basically you sign up to this really really dodgy tour, um, and these people bribe the soldiers with guns to let you into Chernobyl. Um, and you just walk around this abandoned city, and I was walking through an abandoned hospital, abandoned school. Was um, it really spooky? Yeah, it's basically a, a snapshot of 1986, because ev- everyone left in 1986, mm. and it's still irradiated for the next 100,000 years. Um, so everything's overgrown, but you've st- you still got like records on the floor from people panicked when they left, and school books are open, and there's dolls everywhere. It's kind of creepy. Wow. And and there was a theme park that was going to open the week after the accident happened, Um so it's a pristine theme park still there. Uh, yeah, I've actually got a license to put on a gig there. The, the, the Ukrainian government gave me a license to put on a concert at Chernobyl. Um, but um, I, I tried to organise it, but the um, insurance would be too high. I can imagine it yeah. would be. 
but yeah, if anyone wants to go to Chernobyl with me to, to hang out and, and watch some bands, please let me know at Jed Shepard on Twitter. So, <laughs> so Lister wakes up in the middle of the night and Lister is in pain. He's, he's crying, he's screaming. He's saying, Lister, Lister, wake up. And, and, and Lister wakes up. Sorry, and River wakes up. And um, he says he's really sick. He's, um, and to, to his credit, Rimmer seems really concerned. Yeah, yeah. And it's the first time it, it, in Red Dwarf you've seen Rimmer actually caring about Lister. Because, I mean, they fight all the time. But I think Rimmer would actually miss Lister. Well, yeah, I think, I think we see that as well in the next episode. Mm. Yes, well. we do. Yeah. Um, because... It's, it's like yin and yang. They can't be without the other person. Yeah. And like Collie said, uh, Rimmer is there to, to, to keep Lister sane. And I think vice versa yeah, as well. Yeah, definitely. Because we see that in the next episode as well. Um, so R- Rimmer says you need to go to the medical lab and Lister goes, okay. So Lister makes his way down to the medical lab but collapses before he actually gets there, which is dramatic. It is. And uh, Cass appears. Um, He's going to have sex tonight. He's going to have <laughs> sex tonight. And he's just screaming and screeching. And He's on heat. Yeah, and I don't know if you've noticed, Daniela, but in, in se- at least in season one of Red Dwarf, Cat doesn't really interact with Ris- Lister and Rimmer. He just appears, does his own thing in his own little world, and then just disappears. Yeah, I had noticed that. Actually. Yeah. It's like they thought the writers were like, we need to have a black guy in the show, or otherwise people will think we're being too, uh, too, too going in one direction. So I think they try to even up a little bit. What do you think? Even though I know that um, they were colourblind casting, um, where they they didn't really mind who, who plays the cat. Um, I think they just had him as a sort of oddball character that they threw in and didn't really give much consideration yeah, to Yeah, but him. it's exactly like it. It's, it's like he just got thrown in without any kind of interaction with the other two. He doesn't mm. really add anything to the plot, really. No, no. Um, so he doesn't interact so, with them. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a little bit in, in Future Echoes where he in, interacts a little bit, but this is another example of him just being kind of set dressing, really. Yeah, most, most of the scenes with Cat are just him on his own. Yeah. And, and you don't really see him um, having gain another dimension until season three really even season two he's, oh, he's pretty okay. yeah but season three he's like, he's like a normal human being rather than just a cartoon character um so cat appears and he finds lister in the corridor just passed out unconscious and cat doesn't seem to care no he goes and gets some food yeah he, he's spraying things as cat's like playing on the fact that cats spray things to claim it to claim it's theirs cat's spraying a little spritzer type thing to claim the walls here's and the radiators here's um and when he discovers this instead of helping him he just goes off to find food when he knows full well he can get food out, out of a machine which he does which he does so kind of weird but then Rimra again is very likable in in this particular yeah, he's episode very concerned he is and he um he finds lister and he asks cat to help drag him to the medical bay because uh Rimmer being a hologram he can't actually pick up lister um, and Cat doesn't want anything to do with it. Cat's too happy eating his food and... and his chicken merengue. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. What was he doing when he was throwing it around? I don't know. It, it was, was weird. It was alive. Yeah. It, was, it was like the director said to him, right, do your, own, do your own thing. We'll just film it and see if we catch any, any, any comedy gold. Yeah, freestyle, freestyle. I don't know if they did. <laughs> I don't, he's literally just throwing that chicken around and it's just like, <laughs> even the audience aren't, aren't doing And it was well. a really mini chicken as well. Yeah, and it kind of bounced a little bit as well. <laughs> I wouldn't like to. It is it. future food, so maybe, maybe that's normal. Uh, what is chicken? 
chicken merengue anyway. I, have no I thought that idea. was a dance. The merengue. This yeah. Is, this was chicken merengue. I think. Oh, okay. So it was the male version of the, of the female dance. The <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, I was, a, it was a, I was a bit shocked to see that cat didn't get trout a la creme. I thought he's already got um, already sick of it. Probably. He had quite a lot of it before. He did. Um, but yeah, cat continues to eat his lunch um, and Rimmer's the only one being a human being. So Rimmer uh, cleverly gets the scutters to assist. And I love this scene. Exactly. I love the scutters. More <laughs> scutters, please. So he actually gets the scutters to, to help bring him to the medical deck and to um, do medical testing. Yeah, on him. help him take his temperature because they've, they've got to learn. <laughs> they have got to learn, even though it doesn't really, doesn't really come back. Um, and they, they poke him in the eye. They poke him in the eye, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really touching to see that Rimmer does actually care about Lister. That's why I really like this episode, because I, I like the ones where you find out more about the relationship between them two, uh, rather than it be being about something dramatic in space or aliens or whatever. Just when it's about Rimmer and Lister together, they, those are my favourite episodes. Yeah, I think deep down, both of them are, are good human beings. Yeah, and, and I think they, they love each other, um, because they are... I mean, obviously, Rimmer's a hologram, but they are the last two people left around, and they've got a lot in common. I wouldn't necessarily say that they love each other at this point, but I'm, I think probably later on, you know, yeah. they're still getting to know exactly. each other quite a lot. Because famously, they didn't get on in real life no. in, in, for the first couple of, of seasons. And in season three, they, they have a really good connection off, off screen and on screen, which is really good to see. But we see inklings of it here anyway. Um, so... Um, Lister kind of kind of still sticking, he's wallowing in, in self pity, and he and he kind of complains about Nevin never having the opportunity or never having the courage or the confidence to ask out Kajanski. Um, and Lister explains he has a theory that him and his friend Chen has Chen from Holby City, um, and that theory is there's two people inside of you. One of them's confidence, who kind of tells you you're great and tells you you can do anything, um, and then you've got your paranoia that tells you you're not great and everyone's lying laughing at you um yeah so would you, do you how what, what kind of levels inside you are confidence and paranoia what out of 100 what percentage do you think confidence is oh that's a difficult question i think it changes today um, well today uh confidence is probably 70 or 80 percent that's good is that why you've taken up another layer <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> gosh <laughs> <laughs> And paranoia. Paranoia is quite high now as well. It's getting higher, yes. <laughs> no, I think it it depends on what you're doing and what sort of mood you're in. But yeah, no, I, I think I'm a pretty confident person. That's good. I mean, How I, about you? I think my confidence is, is, is quite high. Um, I'm not ever really paranoid about anything. It's, it's, but it's mostly because I don't really care. Like when... You always think that people, oh, people are thinking this is rubbish or that you've done or whatever. A lot of things are like are pretty cool right now. So I think my my paranoia is pretty low and my confidence is pretty high. Um, it's not paranoia when they're out to get you. Yeah. But if people are out to get me, that's their issue, isn't it? Exactly. It is like I've got confidence on my shoulder the whole time, which is kind of what this episode is about. Um, the, the kind of duality inside of everyone um, that kind of controls the things you do and, and what's more powerful. And in Lister, um, we get to see them become reality because um, because um, his confidence um, is created 
in, in real life. How, how would you explain what happens? His they manifest. That manifest. That's the right word. Yeah. Because into a human form. That's right. His hallucinations because of the uh, radiation that he that affects him from the um, officers' quarters um, have manifested his confidence and paranoia well, into real things. His dreams become real because the fish it starts raining fish it starts raining fish and the the mayor of warsaw also appears yep. so that's on and it explodes <laughs> exactly yeah because um while while lister is still kind of recovering it in a sleep Rimmer does come across the mayor of warsaw exploding um and and it rains fish um, which is kind of a thing that happens and when it, they say it's like back in 1492 or whatever or the 12th century but it happens all the time in in mostly in america actually where it rains weird things like fishes and frogs and things and it's, isn't it, that the bible it, i mean there are the, pl- the plagues of the bible as well but it happens all the time because of just natural weather phenomenon where where wind and 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 the weather pick up these these animals or whatever and, and throws them somewhere else. I remember it was in the film Magnolia that it rained like toads at the end. Yeah. yeah. I've never heard of it actually happening really See, I read the 14 times. Like, I read that more than anything. Okay. Um, it's, it's, if you, if, guys out there, if you have, uh, ever haven't checked out the 14 times, you really should. It's, it's basically a magazine about weird supernatural things and it collates a lot of the weird stories around the world. And if you're a writer... Um, or just people who who like the paranormal, check it out. It's it's a massive source of like supernatural going on in the world with like case studies and it's it's pretty amazing. And if you want to have a laugh, go onto the forums where people um, write things like, "Guys, I'm I'm in my bedroom right now and I've seen something in the corner of my room. What should I do?" And you just get all these replies from these special people who say oh you need to get out now you need to call the police there's a ghost in your room it's a poltergeist it's like it's your dead friend or whatever it's just pretty that forum is amazing i want to look now. you need to yeah. look <laughs> it's, it's pretty awesome um so yeah so these hallucinations are coming to life manifested into into the flesh so Rima says to lister you need to come to the drive room right now because your confidence and your paranoia are in there waiting for you and confidence is a bit of a dick he is. I'm going to have to put the... Exp- can we say that word? Yeah, I just said That's it. fine. It's an anatomical thing, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so confidence is in there. And um, yeah, he's basically an, an American guy. It's actually played by Craig Ferguson. Do you know who he is? No, I don't. He does the... Uh, well, I don't know if he still does it. He does the Late Late Show talk show in um, in America. I've never seen it. It's, it's one of the big talk shows. I think he might finish now. Um, but yeah, he went on to have, an, have a massive career. But here he is doing an American accent um, in a flashy kind of uh, suit. His, his hair gelled back. It's really loud. Yeah. Obnoxious. Do you think he's good looking? No. Yeah, I was wondering that because in the episode... Did it, you? No, that, that that's why I, I had to ask you because it, it, it was trying to give the impression how he was like the, the perfect physical specimen. Well, I guess that's the, that's the whole thing. He's got that confidence, even though he isn't. Then that's true. Yeah. That's a lesson for us all. Yeah. Even though you think you may be imperfect, you're actually perfect to someone. Um, to your mum. Yes. <laughs> Hello, Daniel's mum. Who's, Hi, mum. Who's listening? <laughs> Um, okay, so, um, yeah, and uh, so uh, Lister's confidence is obviously the person that tells him you're grey and calls him king and duke and the prince and and really gets Lister's uh, happiness up. And then you see in the corner of the, of the drive room, you see um, his paranoia. 
who is a sniveling little kind of <laughs> kind of looks like a paedophile really you stereotypical <laughs> paedophile um in a kind of uh tax collecting type suit sniveling eating yogurt yeah i mean neither of them are people you'd really want to spend any kind of time with no but it's funny because the paranoia kind of um gets close to rimmer i mean it's, it's, it's almost playing a, a rimmer kind of oh, yeah they're quite situation. quite similar characters i'd yeah. say but paranoia is obviously amped up yeah. quite significantly and he's in, he, he was in grange hill that uh, paranoia well, see, i really recognized him but i yeah, couldn't place great. where from he was great um and uh, the uh, and this is obviously wanting to hang out more with confidence um, as as you would, and um, Rimmel wants them arrested for being hallucinations, um, and he says they're symptoms of Lister's disease. Um, but obviously, if you have someone telling you you're great all the time, then you, you'd want them around. You don't want them to go anywhere. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, I'm sure. He's like, I'm sure you can have an app which you press and it gives you a compliment. Yes, yeah, I've used that. A random compliment, yeah. You've used that? I've used oh, that before. <laughs> if you need a compliment, just let me know. I'll, oh, thanks, I'll like, text yeah. you once in a while. And um, we see, then we find out that a dust storms approach. Holly announces a dust storms approach and kind of leads on to something a bit later. Um, and we see Lister playing us for the second time in Red Dwarf we see Lester playing the guitar playing a song for confidence and right now you'll hear that song in full all airlocks are being automatically sealed estimated duration 18 hours windle ever <laughs> <laughs> you wrote that? Yeah, it was ages ago, you know. That is the greatest love song ever. Come on. Ever. It's so deep. The images, the dwindling, the kindling, all the indling. I love all that stuff. What did you think of that song, Daniela? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit, bit silly. It's a bit silly, um, and it is stuck in my my head now. But obviously, when Confidence hears it, Confidence thinks it's the best song ever and tells Lester, it's, it's great, and the way you rhyme that with that, it's, it's amazing. Um, and you don't want to be giving Lister any kind of extra encouragement for his, his terrible guitar playing. I mean... I think Lister's got pr- pretty good confidence. You're right. Is it confidence or has it been um, delusional? I don't know. I, I mean, I've never, I've never thought of him throughout, and, and the episodes I've, I've seen as not having confidence, of lacking in confidence. He seems quite a confident guy. He stands up to Rimmer. You are, you are right. I can. Just, I, there's a few episodes where he questions himself, but you're right. I think he's in general a very confident guy. Hmm, hmm. that's interesting. Well, well, as as the Red Dwarf episodes unfold over the next year or so that we that we're doing this because I, I've worked it out we will be doing this if we do one a week for like over a year okay bye bye to my social life <laughs> yeah but, hope oh, you appreciate well. this guys <laughs> or maybe we can just like stay up one day and do them all in like one day oh my goodness God. oh no I'm um, no, not doing that <laughs> um <laughs> so uh the uh confidence calls it the greatest love song ever um, and he uh, admits that he collects Lister's fagens, his, his cigarette um, butts, um, because he's such a fanboy. Do you know, I, I think, where did I see it once? 
I either heard or saw a documentary or read it somewhere where some guy was selling the stools of Agnetha from Abba. Followed her into a toilet. That is gross. And, and fished out her, her poo. That's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. But... She was an ABBA, so you can kind of you can kind no, of understand no. you can kind of understand that's, it a, a little bit. That's not understandable. Come on, like, come on let's work this out. If, if you're going to collect anyone's poo, it would it would be the blonde one from ABBA. Probably not. No. Yeah, right. If you have a choice, right, of having <laughs> the blonde one from ABBA's poo, I don't want anyone's poo. But like, if she, just just if you had the choice <laughs> of the blonde one from ABBA's poo, or say, uh. Dave Lister's poo. Which one? Whose would you have? Well, cons- considering the amount of curry Dave eats, it would have to be the blonde one from ABBA. Okay. A bit weird that you want to collect poo, Daniela, but... Hey, It's d- absolutely on. disgusting. <laughs> you are absolutely no, disgusting. No. <laughs> your, your mum listens to this, Daniela. It's forced. It's tricked into oh. it. <laughs> Hopefully, Daniela's poo podcast uh, isn't coming out anytime soon. It won't be. <laughs> Uh, it'll be number two on iTunes. Oh, right. very good. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, do you collect? Do you collect? Well, anything? What do I, collect? <laughs> no, do you collect anything? Um, I used to collect. Um, I used to work for the uh, European Union, so I used to travel a lot with my job. Whenever I okay. would go anywhere, I'd collect a tacky magnet from okay. the country that I was visiting. So I have in my drawer at home, I have all these tacky magnets. Why in the fridge? They, because I don't have a magnetic fridge. You have a wood fridge. I had a magnetic fridge when I lived in France, but right. um, when I worked for the EU, but now I don't. So you should have a smeg fridge. I know, that'd be amazing. That'd be very... But uh, no, I don't, I don't have a magnetic fridge. So they're all in a drawer. So I still have them. That's the only thing I've really collected. Do I collect... I'm looking around my office now as so we... You collect cassette tapes. Yeah, cassette tapes. But that's just music. I think everyone collects music. Um, Walkmans. Uh, kind of analogue, old analogue equipment. Um, like Walkmans and radios and things like that. Um, I used to collect comics, but I think everyone does that now. Um, that's it, really. Nothing, nothing really weird. Um, that just reminds me. Um, I've got some. For in the next episode, I'm going to give Daniela something to wear. <gasps> what? Is it, is it right? It's not X-rated, to, is it? It's not. Well, you're, you're down to your last um, <laughs> bit of clothing here, Daniela. I know it's hot, but come on. Uh, I'm um, yeah, you're going to be wearing something, but it's something good, oh, and gosh. we'll take a picture and put it on post oh, po- podcast slash smegheads. Um, Wait, I'll have to have a photo approval first. No, you will like it. No, you will like it. This is nothing dodgy. Okay. Though, do you, though people know what we look like now because they've obviously visited postpoppodcast.com and seen our um, page where we have all the Smegheads show notes. And we, you can listen to it on, on, on that site as well. Um, and you have pictures of me and Daniela. Yeah, um, you with a cute little dog. Me with a dog with his tongue hanging out. And you, where are you? New York. In New yeah, York. Yeah, I was That's there in June. Cool. But I think Daniel's taking a few pictures today, so maybe we'll put those pictures yeah, up on yeah. the thing as well um, of Daniel wearing the thing that she has to wear. It's good, though. No, you <laughs> okay, like it. Okay. I promise you, you like it. Um, okay, so um, Lister tells Rimmer that he and Confidence has worked out how to get Kachansky back. Because having someone who tells you you're great all the time is kind of conducive to, for ideas. Um, 
I think. So um, the way they're going to get Kachansky back is by diverting all the power from unnecessary things like, I don't know, like machines that they don't use anymore because they were on a ship that was for 169 people, but later on they retcon it to be 1,169 people. Um, So there's a lot of things you won't need, like lights in in, in different rooms and things. Um, So they're going to use that to bring Kachansky back as a hologram and still have Rimmer around. But Rimmer doesn't want that to happen. So Rimmer's obviously hidden Kachansky's disc, her her hologram disc. Um, But because confidence is there and he's egging Lister on, he makes Lister work out where Rimmer has put hologram discs and Rimmer being the kind of snarky person he is who likes to lord over people he's actually hidden it in plain sight it's in the solar panel outside their quarters so in in space but on the outside of the window of their quarters um hidden behind a solar panel so they um go to get it so um hang on a minute yeah go for it you've missed my favorite scene of the whole episode go for it you've missed the scene where rimmer tries to stab or get the scutters to stab confidence oh that's true yeah yeah (laughs) it's a great scene because rimmer wants confidence and parentage to disappear he gets a scutter to hold a big syringe and screams stab him stab him stab him but like to, to paranoia is uh, <laughs> he 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 kind of falls for it when when Rimmer says oh um, paranoia meets stab him stab him <laughs> she's a great, great name. if I have, ever have a dog I want to call him stab him it's a great name it is a great name isn't great, it great yeah I love that that's my favourite scene in the whole episode <laughs> do you think that syringe was f- something that would kill paranoia or just something to disable him or it was send probably him to sleep? something to send him to sleep yeah I'd imagine I don't yeah. know what sort of toxic things they would have on board but I, I can't it's... imagine Rimmer sort of yeah. doing anything to but like f- like how does Lister know that they're like they have a human anatomy and that would work because they're just hallucinations they are they but... could just be full of bees or something for all we know yeah that's that's a good point mm. who knows yeah. um, but it didn't work anyway it didn't work no the poor scutter <laughs> I'm liking all this Scutter's action in this episode. Um, so actually, in, in season eight or seven, they name one of the Scutters. Mm. And it has a, a semi-big part in it, um, which is great. So we, we, I look forward to that. <laughs> long week, sometime next year, like <laughs> yeah. in April, we're going to be right on that. Next spring. Um, yeah, it's good. Uh, uh, when I worked out how long it will take us to get through everything, it's good because as soon as we finish all of the current seasons, it'll lead us right into the new, into the new s- series. It should do like almost exactly. I reckon it's really good time. So we're here for you until that happens. Yeah, and like, I mean, we're, we're getting we're getting every day. We get a lot more people subscribing. But tell your friends if you have a friend that likes Red Dwarf. Let them know there's a podcast out there for them. And this isn't... I mean, I've listened to one other Red Dwarf podcast. Um, I think there's not that many out there, but I've listened to one that's kind of um, updated about every six months. And we haven't got a lot of competition. Is that what, is what I'm saying? So if you're going to listen to a Red Dwarf podcast, please listen to us. Yeah, please listen to us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you are listening right now, but keep listening. Tell your friends. If you have parents, let them know. If you have children, let them know too. And grandparents. Grandparents. Yeah. Well, what if they have cousins? Should they listen to it as well? Mm, possibly. 
And if you have any friends, tell your friends. If you have any enemies like Daniela's enemy, oh episode 12, you're going to, you, you said it. Yeah, and episode, episode 12, 12 is coming. It's coming. <laughs> Forget the podcast. I just want to hear about that. Um, and so <laughs> Lister and Confidence, they don their spacesuits and Lister is looking amazing in his spacesuit and Confidence. He really kind of fills it out. And they, um, they go into deep space. They go into outside the ship and they're walking along the kind of... They're doing the cha-cha-cha. Cha-cha-cha. But have you noticed that cha-cha-cha, it's in... It's like it's in real time. But it's not slowed down by the gravity of space. Mm, yeah, I hadn't noticed that until you said yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> so, but it could be Holly like projecting gravity on the outside. No, of they the ship. probably forgot. Well, there's that one bit where he jumps, which is in slow motion. Okay, yeah. But, so they probably forgot yeah. the rest of it. So basically, they're heading towards the solar panel outside of Rimmer's and Lister's quarters, and they uh, and just before they get there. Um, Rima asked the question of confidence, where's, where's paranoia? And um, confidence says that he killed paranoia, fed him through the, the meat grinder, was it? The waste grinder. The waste grinder thing. It's not a very nice way to go, is no, it? No, he sent him into his bits into deep space uh, because he wanted to spend more time with Rima so they can be together forever. And then Lister's like, oh, good. I, I need to go. I'm, I'm really claustrophobic in the suit. I, I need to go now because he's, he's worried for his own life. And um, Confidence tells him, oh, well, just, just take your helmet off then, Dave. He's, he's a homicidal maniac. He's an absolute homicidal maniac. And, he, um, and Lister replies, well, that, I can't breathe. There's no oxygen. And uh, Confidence tells him oxygen's for losers. And to prove that, he takes off his own helmet and explodes yeah. into smithereens. Does that actually, do you reckon that's like, that'll actually happen? I don't think so, no. What do you think, what do you think would happen? if, if you, I don't if, think it would be instantaneous. Because I, th- I, th- I thought your insides would become the outside. That, that, like it, the vacuum would like pull your insides out of your mouth onto the outside. I don't know. I mean, Hollywood has, has told me that people will combust. Well, yeah. when they're in space. But I, I don't think it's such an instant thing. How long could you hold your breath? Oh, not very long. Probably oh. about 40 seconds. <laughs> I, th- I think that's about average, like 40 to 50 seconds, okay. I think, is average. I used to, like, try and test myself. Like, I, I think I, was, I could do, like, almost two minutes. Was you- oh, were you a swimmer? Because swimmers can usually Wait, can train swim, themselves like, to yeah. hold their breath for longer. Well, it's because I wanted to be a magician with little, so like I wanted to kind of get it down to at least three minutes, but yeah. I, c- I can never do it. My lungs aren't big enough. Yeah. I might want to try that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you can hold your breath like longer than two minutes, please let us know and, and give us some tips. <laughs> um, and actually, if you're a girl and you can hold your breath for that long, please get in touch. Oh, you're the one who collects poo. Um, so... <laughs> So um, he blows up. Confidence blows up, and Lister goes back into the ship. <laughs> um, and Cat is uh, Cat's there doing his laundry. He's licking his laundry. That's disgusting. That's <laughs> the kind of funny. thing you'd probably do. Maybe <laughs> not. I'm getting such a bad rep on this podcast. So Cat's there so licking, licking his his clothes and hanging up on on the washing line because essentially Cat is almost like an, he's, he's in a different sitcom. He doesn't. If you took Cat out of these, these these last five episodes, it wouldn't make any difference. Besides waiting for God, I guess, because that's about Cat. The rest of them is no need for him to be there. He's mm-hmm. just set dressing. Yeah. 
Um, which is a shame because, well, I guess you got got to know the main characters first and then the secondary characters because Cat is a secondary character, I believe. Um, you get to know a little bit more about him in future episodes. Um, and Lister um, has Kachansky's disc now and he lords it over Rimmer and he says, and Rimmer one last time tries to persuade him not to not to activate that disc and bring Kachansky's hologram back and tells him it will only bring mis- misery. Um, and he says he told him about confidence and paranoia and um, look he's what gonna, happened yeah, yeah look what happened it compl- it's two homicidal maniac appeared so listeners doesn't listen to him and um, he boots up anyway and, and they're in the, in the drive room uh, waiting but Rimmer clever, cleverly because he's a clever, clever guy yeah, yeah. Sneaky. he swapped the disc Kachansky's disc with his own disc so all it um, ends up doing is bringing another copy of Rimmer back. It's double Rimmer. Double Rimmer. And he says to him, you think you had it bad before, Lister? Now you've got it in stereo, baby. <laughs> and it kind of ends there. But, um... I love this episode. It's great. It's my favourite one of the series. Oh, wow. Yeah, I wow. really loved it. It is a great episode. Um... And this was, I believe this was meant to be the, the, originally the last episode. Oh, okay. Because it was meant to be an episode between it that didn't get didn't get filmed. Okay. Um, but they kind of used it for another episode late, later on. Um, because Me Squared, which is the, the last episode of the season, that was written kind of at a rush, really. Okay. That, that's the only one that's been written once the show was casted. So you'll notice in the next episode when we do that, the writing is more attuned to the actual characters and and their characters come out more um, rather than just writing it and then casting later. Not so flat. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, also when they bring back Rimmer's Rimmer, um, the second Rimmer, <laughs> Rimmer two, <laughs> Rimmer two, um, wouldn't he be a Rimmer from like when he joined the mining corporation? Because when when do they take a snapshot of you? To be, to be put onto the hologram disc. I don't know, but it would have been the same time the current Rimmer, because he's a hologram as well, so yeah, but then, they would look exactly the same. No? Yeah, but Rimmer and Lissa, they've now been together for, I assume, for at least a couple of months, mm. or a few weeks or whatever. But the other Rimmer seems to be... Seem to know all the same stuff. Okay, so the knowledge is there. The so memory. I don't know if you have to continue. Whatever knowledge that the first listener attained is automatically transferned it's to downloaded, his disc. Downloaded, I yeah. guess. Yeah, I'm guessing so. Or uploaded, rather. Yeah, and yeah, like I said, this was intended to be. I'm, I'm reading some of the show notes now. And um, this was intended to be the final episode of the season, with and it was meant to be Kachansky's hologram that actually appears, um, thus making uh, Claire Gro- Grogan a regular character in the season oh, I wonder what changed their minds um it was to do with um I think it was a writer's strike or something um but the um the, the last episode was going to be about um Rimmer hacking bits off Lister to make a new human That's a it sounds a bit weird dark. doesn't it yeah <laughs> um but I would have liked to see Claire Grogan um mm, going around I don't know, uh, I, don't know. I, li- I like double Rimmer yeah that's true but like the whole thing about Red Dwarf, to me, um, I was going to say this for the final final episode, my theory on, on, on Red Dwarf. And I might, I'll give you a little inkling of what my theory on Red Dwarf is, what it's about, um, and why Kachansky shouldn't be in it. Um, have you ever read uh, Don Quixote? 
I haven't, but I really want to. It, it's one. I think it's the first novel ever. It's like written in like the 14th century or 13th century or something, and um, it's about two basically two guys. Mm like Liston, remember? Um, and the main guy, Don Quixote, which I'm, I'm saying is, is Lister, um, he has dreams about, um, for one, finding um, his dream girl, which is called Dul- Dulcinea, which is Kachansky. And he is almost... And he's trying to find... Um, he thinks he's a knight and he's trying to find um, like this ultimate place of, of happiness with, with Dulcinea, which is kind of like Lister and Fiji um, or Fuchel. Um And there are a lot of similarities, I think, between Don Quixote and, and uh, Red Dwarf. So that's... And Don Quixote works really well because he's always... The whole thing is propelled by the fact that, that Don Quixote and his friend Sancho, who is... A very, very, very like Rimba. He's based in reality and is always putting down um, uh, Don Quixote's dreams, which is what, what Rimba does to Lister. Um, that the story is propelled by the fact that he's always trying to find Dulcinea, but she might not be real. It might just be a figment of his imagination. He can never quite get to her. And that parallels the story of Red Dwarf, I think. It's really interesting. I think. And I, and I think I'm probably the only person that's come up with that It'd be that interesting theory. to find out if that was the inspiration behind Well, I've, I, I've looked into it and, they, and, the, and the creators have never mentioned it, so maybe I'm just Perhaps making that no up. Perhaps one's asked them. Yeah, maybe. Um, it is a great book, it's massive. Um, and this well, I'm reading uh, The Count of Monte Cristo at the moment, which comes in at over yeah. 1,200 pages. So <laughs> that, uh, There's actually a Count of Monte Cristo parallel with Red Dwarf as well. Okay. Um, which which will be better if we talk about when that when, when that comes up. Comes yeah, out. amazing. Um, but did you know? So the um, confidence was Craig Ferguson, uh, as we said, and the paranoia is is Lee Corns. His name's Lee Corns. He's, he's been in a few things like BBC things, and he's quite a in the eighties and nineties. He was quite a regular character actor. As I said, he was on, on Grange Hill. But both of them, they auditioned to be Lister and Rimmer. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So Craig Ferguson wanted to be Lister and he auditioned for it and didn't, obviously didn't get it. And Lee Quinton wanted to be Rimmer. So like we, said, we were saying earlier, they do kind of play hyper versions of, yeah. of Lister and Rimmer. Yeah, they do mirror them slightly, yeah. yeah. And I think I think it would have been just, just as good with, with them doing it because I think they're great. Oh, I don't know. I guess the, the roles are so iconic, it's difficult to imagine anyone else playing Yeah, them. you're right. But I, I do wish Craig Ferguson was, was back in I do think... I think he's a, he's a great actor. But even when he had a massive career anyway. But, um. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's, he suffered. <laughs> no, I did um, But the... Uh, Howard Goodall, um, uh, he's, he's the guy who wrote the Red Wolf theme song, and he's an absolute musical genius. He did Black, the Blackadder theme song and stuff. Um, he wrote... Um, every little bit of incidental music you see, you hear in Red Dwarf, is... Usually, nine, 99 times out of 100, done by Howard Goodall. And um, there's a few little pieces in here, like the cha-cha-cha scene, which is which Red Wolf fans apparently like loved a bit. And so on the, the most recent DVDs of Red Dwarf, you can listen to all the music separately as, as like sound files. Oh, that's pretty cool. It's great, yeah. So I'm going to... Um, I'll get some of that music and, I, and I'll play that at the end of this, maybe. Okay, great. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, we just really genuinely enjoy this episode. And we wish... It's probably our favourite of the... Well, it's my favourite of the season so far. Yeah, it's my favourite too, think? yeah. Because yeah. in the next episode, because it's the last of the season, we're going to rate each of the episodes. And on uh, the 
website postpoppodcast.com slash smegheads we're going to have that list ready for you and every episode we do we'll update it of where it stands in our red dwarf chart so by the end of the whole thing you'll have a big list of the best red dwarf episodes and, and make your own list let us know what you, you think of please let us know if you if you hate the episode or just your comments about the episode in general um if you think what we said was rubbish or if we got something wrong yeah any it, mistakes is our least favorite your favorite episode exactly because in the for instance in, in the third season there's an episode called a marooned which is everyone's worst episode and it's probably my favorite it's weird. And there's the, in, 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 in season two, there's an episode called Thanks for the Memory, which nothing really happens. And it's probably my favourite episode of all time. And everyone hates it. Because I like the episodes where it's just talking and it's just Lister and Rimmer talking to each other and without all the weird sci-fi opera stuff. That's, that's kind of my favourite things. That's why I like season one and two, because it's less about the action, it's more about the characters. Which so you kind of lose that a little bit in, in the later seasons. Oh, I like the action. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's good that there's a duality um, and, a, and a dynamic between us. That's what make this podca- makes this podcast work. <laughs> well, hopefully. Because we're, we're a dynamic <laughs> duo. Um, but do, I don't know if you noticed, but um, on Kachansky's disc... They, they spell her name wrong. No, I didn't notice that. Yeah, because it's, it's KK, Kristen Kachansky, but they, they spell it with a C. Uh... Christine with a C, Kachansky. But yeah, if you know anything else wrong about that episode, or if you just want to say how great you think this podcast is, please let us know. Um, how will they find you, Daniela? I'm on Twitter, at okay. Daniela with one L, Phillips. And Phillips has got two L's. Of course. And I'm on Twitter as well, at Jed Shepherd. Also on Instagram, the same, J-E-D-S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D on Instagram. And you're Daniela Monica Phillips on Instagram. I am. But I just post pictures of food and animals, so it's I've, quite boring. Yeah, I just post pictures of tapes and stuff. Though Daniela's been posting pictures of me recently. I so have, I have. Maybe don't go to Daniela's thing. <laughs> um, hopefully her second Instagram account, which is just poo, is taken down now because I have reported lies, that. Lies. <laughs> I've reported that to instagram um so again thanks very much for listening to the red dwarf podcast as i said please tell your friends go into itunes give us five stars if you think it's worth five stars give us a nice review um and check out the post pop podcast slash smegheads and i will see you next week and so will daniela yeah yeah <laughs> she's still coming back guys i'll see you next week i don't week. know what i'll be wearing though i know for the season finale of season one of red dwarfs red dwarfs multiple <laughs> dwarfs next week on the red dwarf podcast see you later my kids bye bye For listening to Smekhead, the Red Dwarf podcast. Smekhead is a production of Boast Pop, and you can check out the show notes and other stuff at boastpoppodcasts.com slash Smekhead. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. See you later, Smekhead.